Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to the Match Net Podcast. It's good to have the whole team here, Yena, Johnson, and Christian Seka. How are you guys doing today? Okay, how about you? Good. How's you doing? You good, Yena? Yeah. How's your baby? How's baby Ruben? He's okay. <laughs> a little unhappy. <laughs> no. We'll see if he right makes a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he does, we won't we won't delete him. We won't edit him, edit him out. All right, cool. So today we have a really hot topic today, which is how do you know uh, when you should proceed with the matching process or how do you know that you should work on yourself, right? And this question came about because just uh, yesterday, actually, I had a conversation with a brother who got in a call with me and he was very, very gloomy. Uh, I know he's listening to this and I love you to death. And <laughs> just so you know that. Uh, and he, it was very gloomy that the, the clouds, there was an overcast, uh, he was outside and he kind of jumped in the call and he was like, I'm in a matching process and I'm considering discontinuing with this process. And he's in a dilemma, obviously, and, and understandably doesn't know what to do in this situation. And he, uh, we had about an hour's conversation and I just ask a lot of questions and I had some, you know, give him some perspective and maybe things he can ask himself and really uh, figure out what it is the question that he wants to do. Because he came on the call and he basically said, Benji, I, I seemed like pretty much he was deciding that he wanted to discontinue this process. Right. And I was like, okay, it sounds like you've made up your mind. So why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> right. And he was like, well, because I knew that you would try to, you know, uh, ask me some of the right questions and, and give me some no BS advice as to what I should do. And so uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how this call with him progressed and how he kind of really sparked something different. He, and he changed a lot during the conversation. And uh, But I wanted to ask this question to you, you guys, Yana and Christian, like, how do you know when you should get matched now? Like, should I get matched now? Or should I invest in myself more and work on myself more and my maturity more? Uh, and that's really what this, this brother ultimately, uh, his question was. So um, what do you guys think about that? When you see the leaves changing color, you know that autumn is coming. Well, anyway, hi, Benji. <laughs> what are you talking about? Man? It's good to have you back, Christian. <laughs> this is why we missed you. This is why we missed you, Christian. What are you talking about? Yeah, actually, that's that's a tough question. Um, it's like, how do you know? Is that, you know? is that a question? How do you know that you're ready? Yeah, should, you know, someone is, let's say, in their 20s, 30s, or a teenager, who knows, but they're, you know, going about their life with school, with work, and they want to get matched, men or women, doesn't matter, want to get matched, I want to get blessed, but I've got all these other things going on, I've got responsibilities, I'm juggling finances, I'm juggling work or school relationships, but I really want to do this blessing thing. Is it okay to move forward with that, even though I, I am not perfect, even though I'm still immature in some ways, even though I know I have flaws? Is it okay to consider going into a matching process and communicating with someone? What would you say to someone like that? I say yes. Um, just the key thing will be, are you working on yourself? If not, then that's another story. <clears throat> because we are not perfect. And you will not be ready in every aspect, you know, before you go to the blessing. Just like even a couple that is married will not be ready in every aspect before having a baby, you know, it's, um, you just do it. Mm. So there are few things that can line up, you know, not everything should line up, few things, you know, um, like how responsible are you? You know, can you prioritize, you know, you know those small things, you know, can you focus on a goal, you know, um 
and you know, sometimes <clears throat> it is also about what is uh, your plan for the future. You know, because as we know it in the physical realm, it requires money. You know, so do you have any plan for the future? Doesn't mean that your plan will unfold as you plan it, but do you have anything? Have you planned anything? You know, like where are you gonna live? Um, how are you gonna take your things? How are you gonna pay for your blessing offering? You know, those small things. You know, so uh, is anybody going to be one hundred percent ready for you know the matching and the blessing? I don't think so. Hmm. You no, know? but a few things have to line up, and when a few things line up, I don't, I don't, I don't have any number of how many things should line up. But hmm. when a few things line up, as an individual you can uh, gauge your confidence, you can gauge your readiness from there. And then you just go forward. So that would be my advice. Got it. So Christian, when you were matched and you got blessed, what was your criteria? What were your things, right? Obviously you didn't think, oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the cat's whispers. I'm the cat's pajamas. I'm the, I'm the bee's <laughs> knees. I'm the, I'm the stuff. Actually, I, I, was not even, I deserve I was, this. <laughs> oh yeah. I was not even thinking about it actually. You know, the yeah. feeling was not the feeling, but the reality was that uh, one, it was true father's matching. And uh, so I was a missionary <clears throat> and uh, I would just focus on my mission, you know. And then we heard some rumors that, oh, no, there are a lot of older sisters. So father is start, you know, starting the matching with uh, older brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. you know. And then Oh, because all the younger sisters were gone, you know. So I really, I was not really thinking about the blessing really that time. No. Yeah, but here, here, here's the thing though. You've you've mentioned multiple times on this podcast that when you got blessed, you didn't feel that you were worthy of getting blessed, right? Nobody can like, be worthy. Well, I mean, you specific, we're talking about you, right, man? You were like, <laughs> I don't deserve anybody. And you even thought that you would not get matched. Right, yeah. not get blessed. So there's some yeah. there's a reason that you decided. Like actually, at one point you were like, actually, I am worthy of getting blessed. So what was that thing? You were like, you passed a certain milestone. You were like, okay, I have I have this certain level of maturity, spirituality, whatever life of faith, and I'm like, okay, I can commit to this. I can go. I don't want to say that I felt I am worthy of being much, but I think the feeling was, look, if it is for me, I will take it. If it is not for me, then next time. Mm. That really was the attitude. The attitude was not, oh, I need to go match. I need to go to the blessing right now. No. Uh, it is just the feeling that uh, it is not like I am entitled to it. You know? Uh, so if God thinks this is my time, yeah. No. If not, okay. And again, like I said, it was, oh, no, because of age, these people, they focus on these people, this age group, that age group. Then it was, okay. And then before you know it, oh, you are matched. Who? Me? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah. that's very different than traditional, you know, dating or relationships in today's society. It's like, we are over micromanaging and controlling our lives and our destinies. Even to the point where I was talking with this guy and it was like, I was talk telling him like, you have two decisions, but you have two decisions and he didn't see them. I was like, your decision, decision one, usually people think is, do I continue with this relationship or not continue with this relationship? And I was like, that's not actually your options. At the surface level, yes. But deeper under that, your options are you discontinue this matching process and 
you decide that you're going to work on these areas of your life that you feel you're lacking until you've mastered them in your opinion or whatever your words. And then you commit to a relationship once you are on that foundation, or you move forward this matching process with you and your spouse, both knowing that you have these limitations and these flaws and you make an informed decision and commitment together to work on them. And that is your relationship. And that is your growth process. And that's your life of faith. That was, those are your options. So I was like, you can basically move forward and understand and realize that this is, this is your growth process. And you're going to go through the growing pains of managing depression, the things that he's going through, or together with your spouse, or you're going to not discontinue and say, oh, this isn't for me. I need to work on these things by myself. And then when I'm ready, quote unquote, ready to get matched in a relationship, then I'll do it. But, you know, I want to take a different position here because this, <clears throat> this body might have felt like, okay, I am not ready. I don't want to just go in, you know, head in and this and that because I don't want to waste anybody's time. No, he might have thought that. No, yeah. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you specifically about this brother, right? Mm -hmm. I did not say you should or shouldn't do either one. I said there's no right option here. It's your decision. Whatever you decide to do, you take ownership, responsibility for it. God will support you. There's no blaming. There's no should or shouldn't. And that was first of all a hard thing for him to understand because the dilemma is like, what's the right thing to do? What should I do? What does God want me to do? And I was like, there's no should. They're just, you just decide to do something and you move forward. But if you look at your life, and I, I asked them this question, I said, if you look at your life 80 years from now, which decision would you have rather you made? What decision would your future self be grateful that you made in the present? Ask yourself that. And I asked him without any like judgment or expectation. He said, well, probably the path that would allow me to grow the most. I was like, okay, what's that option? And then he started talking about his matching partner right now. And this is where it got really interesting. He started okay. saying, he started saying like, I've told my wife, or sorry, not my wife. <laughs> I've told my, <laughs> my matching partner all about the, the depression that I've been experiencing, the mistakes that I've made, the flaws that I have. And she's been willing to listen to me and to give me time to grow for the last nine plus months that they've been talking. She's been understanding. She's been willing to learn how to accept and love me despite my flaws. And I was like, dude, I told him, I was like, don't be stupid. <laughs> I said, you're in a position right now where you're scared and you're fearful. You can never make a decision when you're fearful because the only decision you will make will be the wrong decision because it would be based in fear and not confidence and courage. It's the opposite of fear. Now, I'm not saying that there's a right answer for everyone, but for this guy, I was like, don't make a stupid decision. Don't make a decision that you're going to regret later. You obviously found a gem of a woman who's willing to, even though you're flawed, yes, even though all of us are flawed when we go into a relationship, she's willing to grow with you and understand that that's your battle and she's willing to love you and you're willing to have these conversations, you're willing to love her and grow in that way, don't be stupid. Don't make a dumb decision. And so I put that pair of, that like perspective and that framework uh, in our conversation. And then by the end of the talk, the clouds lifted, like literally the background, like the sun came out and he's felt, he just felt like liberated. And he was like, you know what? I think I was making a decision based in fear. And I think I was, this is what he said. I think I was running away from my growth, from what I know I need to face. And then we started talking about an interesting concept called the theory of growth, the theory of natural growth, which is that as individuals, as humans, as God's creation, we have a natural tendency to choose the paths of most growth and experiencing the most love in our lives naturally. 
And we always choose those, make those decisions. That's why we have a natural desire to be in relationships. We have a natural desire to be parents because those paths in life cause us to experience the most, most growth. But even though growth is natural, if we let it be natural, same as a tree that plants, if you plant a seed, the tree will naturally want to grow and spread offspring. But if someone comes down with an ax or the weather or a hurricane knocks it over, or it doesn't get the nutrients it needs, it doesn't grow. And the same of our life of faith and our own growth, we naturally have a desire to grow. And if we just let our experiences flow to that state of just growth, then we will grow. And I think in this man's situation, he was in a relationship that naturally found him in a place where he could overcome his obstacles together with his wife. He could overcome his shortcomings and this depression, this kind of up and down emotional roller coaster he's going to going through. And he realized that the only constraint in his growth was his own self. The only constraint with it was his own fear. And when you remove that, then you can grow naturally to be the person that you want. So I'm not saying, again, I wasn't saying like you should do this, but he realized on his own that if he just ends his matching process it's, and, and doesn't move forward or even doesn't consider it, then I think he's actually going to be uh, stunting his own growth and he's running away from the, from the issue. All right, no, Christian, no. you can talk, but I want to mention from, for everyone first that you just turned into a red, <laughs> I don't want to say devil, but that was, those were the words that you used before we started recording. I don't know why my camera is doing this. Yeah, anyway, anyways, you're totally right. Go ahead. Yeah, that conversation was, that was very wise. You know, that was very wise. I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm not saying that you're wise. I'm talking about the brother. <laughs> you know, the brother came to you. Yeah. Very wise brother, because most people, we just suck it in and then make a decision out of fear, out of panic. You know, but this brother had a wisdom to find somebody. You no, know, I think, you know, he was looking for somebody trustworthy, wise, but he, he end up with you. It's fine, you know. So, <laughs> you know. So, thank you for supporting him and for you know, listening to him and for giving him feedback because this is what we need to do. You know, we need to be able to reach out. You know, before things get worse, we need to be able to reach out to somebody, somebody that we trust, somebody that we respect, somebody um, that we can open up to. You know. So, I really uh, commend this brother for taking the courage to you know, to do that. Yeah. yeah, I second that. And also I am so grateful we have this podcast. I've talked about it. People have mentioned it to me too, but it's kind of like, you know, you're sharing about this very real conversation that happened and these are, it's a fear. And this question is a very like common question. And it's nice to be able to share um, and talk about this together and be kind of like in the ears for those that maybe mm-hmm haven't had someone they could talk to or reached out yet, but they can hear and learn from this. And I, yeah. So I'm just grateful (laughs) right now. Um, And yeah, definitely like what Christian was saying, reaching out, I think in general, I feel like I say this a lot, but society, like when we talk about growth, I think part of the stunt of why it's hard to grow is like, if people really knew who I was, you know, they wouldn't love me or I'm not deserving because we, we are not able to show ourselves and then there's like this facade like yeah I was thinking about this Instagram or the social media culture right that like or I think it was with celebrities and I mean I feel like the U.S. does this more than maybe other countries loves to lift people up on a pedestal and make it very like wow they're the best and then when they say oh they're getting a divorce or all this thing's happening it's like oh 
oh my gosh, but everything looks so great on the outside. And I feel that that's so going against the natural instincts that we have of like wanting to grow in things because to really grow, you've got to be honest about yourself. You've got to like, we all have things we've got to work on, you know, like why it's, we know that. And yet like, it makes it very hard to talk about it because we perceive, and I do think there are things in society that make it feel like you've got to hold it together. You've got to figure it out. Like if they really knew, then they wouldn't trust you. No, I trust people more who are like honest about their need to grow. Right. And I think that that came through in his matching conversation too. The fact that he shared about that with his match, she could respond, right? Like, oh, there's something, you know, let's work on this rather than, oh, wow. Now that I know that you have the struggle, like, I don't know, like that's not coming from her at all. So I feel like, yeah, it's, you only get those kind of experiences when you're able to open up and share about it yourself. But um, I just want to acknowledge that, that like part of the reason why it's hard for people is that our culture is, you know, it has this false sense that like people have it all together. And I'm like, we don't. And to me, kingdom of heaven feeling is actually when I can share about what I'm trying to figure out and grow and feel seen and heard and loved for it, you know, and support it. So I feel like we're trying to do that with this podcast. That's why I feel grateful. <laughs> What's the right question, Yana? It sounds well, like we're asking the wrong question as a question. What's yes. the right question that people need to ask? Yeah. You know, I was, when you asked us this question right before we started recording, I was thinking like, you know, what are your reasons for waiting? I think Christian talked about this already, but basically I just went down. Like if you're really like not sure if you should get matched now or wait, and if it's because of maturity that you're not sure, like define what's maturity or ask people how to help you define that. Right. If it's because of commitment, your fear of commitment, define what's commitment, you know, define what waiting is for you. Like Christian said, is it waiting just like passively or are you actually working on yourself um and to me just level two content always comes to my mind around that first um so like here's a plug to go watch level two or refresh if you've already watched it but online like the first one what do I bring to the table it goes over those am I ready these kind of what's your motivation for the blessing what's your maturity what's your capacity to love what's your faith right and I think those are great things those are the kind of asking um but especially with maturity i always define it as your ability to recognize your need to grow Does that make sense like it's not that you've got it all together it's just i need to grow and it takes a certain level of maturity to recognize that and then to start working on it and that's enough it's not that you've like got it all figured out and i think you alluded a lot to that already um and what you were sharing in this conversation benji so but yeah, I think the time, taking the time to even break down and define what are the concepts we have about certain words that we feel we are not enough of or whatever, I think is part of bringing clarity. Like we, we talk about things very vaguely. I'm not mature enough. Even to recognize that is actually a level of some maturity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the other thing mm-hmm. is that real growth happens in relationships. Mm -hmm. I feel like you said that already, but like, Mm. you can't at top of the mountain grow. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like Mm. there's a certain growth to get there, but the real deal, the stuff that rubs, that changes the way we're designed. And I literally felt this in a family 
as a parent, when my heart is like stretching to grow, like it's designed that way. The family is the school of love. And so I, even if it's maybe in the match, you're not sure, you're not sure, honestly, in the matching process, but looking at your relationships with your family, with your friends and your siblings, like that's going to help you gauge. And that's why that one about capacity to love in level two is there, right? Like those are the kind of things where you really see your growth. It's not, you know, in like an isolated environment on a mountain or like, you know, we have some, we have a lot of ideas about growth, but, and that's why it's honestly coming up for him. I think because he's in this magic conversation that these things are coming up and what a blessing that is for those things to come up, you know, rather than to feel bad about it ourselves. Right. But it's an opportunity to just grow, like embrace growth. Yeah. You learn by doing. Yeah. 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 We learn by doing. You don't learn how to climb a mountain, a big mountain like Mount Everest without doing it. Yeah. You got to do it. You can prepare, but you're never going to get to the top if you, unless you do it. Yeah. Christian, did you want to add something? Or Yana, do you have another comment? I can visualize getting on top of the mountain. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I have this whole visual in my mind too right now. We're asking the wrong questions. I think as a society. And I think that the, the this is important because anytime I get in, again, like a mentoring call, I'm talking with some about matching process or addiction recovery, whatever. I always ask them this question. What is the question you're trying to answer? Because we always have to have that in our mind when we're going into situations, into talking with people, into a matching process. If we're going to a workshop, what is the question I'm trying to answer? Whether it's, does God exist? What does the blessing mean to me? Or is this what I want? And the reason this is important is because the most successful people in life know, they, I think they simply just know the right question to ask and they know where to get the answer to it. It's like if you're climbing a mountain, if you just start climbing Mount Everest without any preemptive work to figure out, okay, how far is it? How long does it take? What happens if there's a snowstorm? What happens if I break my leg in the middle of the mountain? What happens if it's too cold and I'm dying of hyper, you know, it's like, we have to ask the right questions. If you're building a house and you get stuck, if you're asking the wrong question of like, where do the beams go and how much concrete, if you ask the wrong question, then you're not going to proceed. But as soon as you answer, ask the right question and ask the right person, then it's like, you've solved that. Now you can keep going. Now you can keep climbing the mountain. Now you can keep building this house. So I asked this guy yesterday, I was like, what is the question you're trying to ask answer right now? And he said, simply what he said, I'm trying to answer the question. What is going to be, uh, what is going to alleviate this unpleasantness, this unpleasant feeling? This like discrepancy in my heart of what should I do? What should I do? Shouldn't I do? Mm. What's the right answer? And I said, that's the wrong question <laughs> for you. Okay. I made it very clear for you, the wrong question, because if your goal is you want to be matched, you want to be blessed. And you're saying that you want to grow and you're saying that you want to experience the blessing. That's the wrong question because society in general is wrapped up in this question of what will make me happy. Mm. And that's the wrong question. Because if you chase happiness, usually what we're left with is chasing the things that seem like happiness, but we don't actually know what happiness is. But rather, if we see happiness is a byproduct of what? Growth. Growth. <laughs> it's a byproduct of learning how to be loving. That's it. And then you'll experience true happiness. Yeah. And like you're alluding to, Yana, it's like we're wrapped up in this idea of finding happiness. And I said, you're asking the wrong question. The question you should be answering is, what decision would contribute most greatly to my growth and me becoming a loving person ultimately. Because if that's what you want, because you've told me that's what you want, then that's the right question to ask instead of what will be the most pleasant experience, what will alleviate this unpleasantness, this dissonance in my heart. And he's like, oh, it's like, yeah, 
you are in a situation right now where yes, you have flaws. Yes, you may have made mistakes and comma, you are in a relationship with somebody who understands that, who's willing to learn how to love you. And you are willing to learn, learn how to love that person. Don't be stupid. <laughs> and then we ended our call like that. <laughs> Don't be stupid. I'm not guys. I'm not, I'm not mean. I promise when I'm talking, no, I'm, I'm know, very gentle. I very gently ask these questions and I, I, I think I'm pretty good at reading people. So I know if if I should push them more. Or, yeah, in the language. Think, in the way yeah, they, I think yeah, I'm pretty, totally. yeah, my tonality is, anyways. So I, anyways, I get comments from people like, Ben, you're too, you're too this, you're too that. I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. That's, I just want to make I mean, that. That's a, that's a whole yeah. other thing about society too. Like we don't, I mean, with COVID, I think people are feeling it more and more. There's things that um, you, yeah. Not, there's a lot of levels of layers of communication, Zoom and calls and not always in person. But the I just wanted to second that you're like asking the right questions, asking questions. Maybe they don't always know right, because I think that right or wrong, people get caught up in that. But like engaging with people and asking questions, asking God, but also asking people because like God can answer through people. Just think that that's the key thing, that you're not just mulling over these questions with yourself alone, but like he did, he reached out to you and that's really great. And um, mm. wanna encourage people to keep reaching out and yeah. the questions are so key for yeah, the whole yeah. process. You know, I think what is important like to support your point, uh, Benji's first and then Yana, mm. it's about knowing what you want, you know, knowing what you want, knowing what you're looking for, <clears throat> uh, knowing what you want to do, it's about the knowing. You know, it's like if I can go back to how, uh, like when I was preparing for the for the blessing. Even though I was not really preparing for the blessing, but around the time of the blessing, you know, uh, <clears throat> when it was when I did um, I filled out the the application and all that, you know, my prayer just was, you know, for God to give me someone who will help me, you know, like understand God better. You know, someone whom I can help go to perfection, someone who can help me go to perfection, you know, things like that, you know, so, and I wanted someone who can help me um, maintain the tradition and grow into the tradition, you know, so uh, those, those are small things um, that it, of course, I didn't have a choice, though, uh, you know, those days in the matching, you really don't have a choice. Today, people are going to, to, uh, to the matching, have a choice, you know, so if they know what they want, they know what they're looking for, you know, then they can go to the matching process. I think if this brother had a clear idea, you know, of what he's looking for, what he wants, uh, he will not probably be that uh, scared like that, you know, usually, like, and it surprises me because if the sister that he's communicating with is understanding, uh, really willing to mm -hmm. work with, and it, it just surprises me that he panicked the way he did, you know, because if he knew what he was looking for, uh, probably he was hoping that he would be rejected, maybe, you know, that's why when the sister was willing, accepting, he panicked, mm -hmm. uh, then, but, uh, yeah, thank you that uh, yeah. we had the wisdom to you know, to reach out. 
Yeah. And I didn't, Yana, I didn't know that Benji was wise like that. Anyway, so that's my point. My, yeah. yeah. Go, Benji. I, guys, I, we're not picking on this brother, just, just so everyone's clear. I'm only bringing this up because it's extremely common in the, in the most yeah. nuanced, nuanced ways you can imagine. I mean, I even talked to him about my own experience. I was like, dude, I was married when I was 18 years old. Blessed, right? Yana, you were super young too. Were you? Yeah. 21. So it's like, you know, relatively young, comparatively young. And it's like, <laughs> I was not ready for this. And on top of that, I thought I was, <laughs> which is the worst possible combination. I was like, I am, I am ready for a relationship <laughs> at 18 bloody years old. And my goodness, I was not. And 12, actually we just had our 12 year anniversary three days ago, uh, blessing anniversary. And I just... I told him, I was like, dude, I am so grateful. And more and more every day, I pro I swear to God, I am grateful more and more every day that I did not choose a path that was comfortable. I did not choose a path that allowed me to hide from my flaws, but allowed me to confront myself. And I chose a spouse and I bless was blessed with a spouse that God bless her is willing to accept my flaws and be unconditional and learn how to be unconditional. I'm not saying she's perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but the two fundamental qualities we have both have is we're willing to learn how to grow and love each other. That's it. No matter, like, no matter what. And I've talked a lot about the ups and downs we've been through as most couples do, right? No matter what, it's like, we're going to learn how to love more deeply. And it's like, man, I can't tell you, like just on our anniversary we, or 12 year anniversary, we do this thing every year where we tell, we say 12 things that we like, that we like about each other, right? Like, uh, like, uh, things, 12 things or 11th year things, depending on the anniversary. So it was 12 this year. And she was like, I can only think of six. <laughs> and then she, she said six and then I said 12 and I'm like, all right, it's fine. <laughs> and what's really fascinating to me is that she has never, ever, ever, uh, said anything external or physical that she likes about me. Right. And like, I'm the kind of guy who's like, I want her to say like, oh, I like your beard or I like your, you know, that you exercise or I like your whatever, anything external. And I'm like, honey, is there absolutely nothing about me physically that you have ever liked? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is a very, very unique person. Like, and I tell you guys, I... If she wasn't like that, I would have been a very different person because I, you know, grew up my whole life, like seeking that validation of external things. And I'm too grateful that my wife is not somebody that's willing to trade this kind of artificial, superficial stuff with me. She's not willing to trade that kind of stuff. And even though yeah. I seek it from her and I'm like, give me this, give me this, give me this. I need this. She's like, you don't need that. You know, let's, let's do the real stuff. Let's talk about the real stuff. Let's, let's love each other in the real kind of way that is not just trading. Um, Anyways, I, I'm just saying that because I, I think when we're choosing spouses, we need to think from that perspective. And it's in hindsight, I'm grateful, but it's hard to make the decision in the moment. But if you look through the paradigm of what is the most loving thing to do, you will always make the right decision in everything. And this is why I bring this up about this guy, right? If you think about it from way, way, way down the road, spirit world, if it is the truth that spirit in spirit world, we breathe air of love and love is the most eternal, eternally important thing, then it's the most important decision we make is what is the most loving thing to do in our lives. So when you're deciding, do I talk with this person? Do I talk with this person? Do I go to GPA? Do I go to CARP? Do I uh, you know, quit my job? Do I go down this career? It's like, it makes those decisions easier 
if you look through the lens of what is the loving thing to do. And I feel like that's just, a, it's such a simple concept that people just overlook all the time. Yeah. I, a lot of great things you brought up. I think, I just want to say like the external validation stuff too. I think that's part of the culture. I think that's part of the thing that's making it hard to embrace growth and the real inner stuff, because there is this culture validates a lot of external things to avoid the deeper stuff. So that's awesome. He like is like that. And you know, and that's yeah. more what's needed in society. Um, the other, oh yeah, what I I wanted to share because Christian, when you were saying like knowing what you want, like it is the key. And like I find myself, I say that a lot, but there's this audio on Instagram and TikTok for people that use it where it's like, what do you want? And people are like, it's not that simple. Like, and people use it for all kinds of scenarios and you know, to make it relatable. But I, I just want to say that out there for people that don't know what they want, the fastest way to get more clarity there, God wants to help you out. And a lot of the reasons you don't know, it's again, because of things you were told you should focus on and validate. And there's a whole lot of stuff there, but rather than focus on that, it's just do little ways, like listen to and act right away on your conscience. That is the way you can literally become more confident in your inner voice and in the things. And that's gonna be that little bit of a, your needle, your compass, Jiminy Cricket, whatever, to guide you toward what you want. So I find that people that have the harder time, and I say this because I'm a very intuitive person. So I felt like for me, it's been so natural to do that, but why do I trust my intuition so much, right? It's, it's proven it to me, does that make sense? Like even something really random, like, study this or do that like I've made some very random decisions I wanted to move to the U.S. like yeah just felt it very strongly right but I followed it and then things align and it's like you're you do know it deep down in your subconscious but it you know for so many reasons we don't follow that and we lose that so even just a little thing like and one of the one of the biggest things is just like this this brother did. I'm so grateful to you that we're having this conversation. And he reached out to Benji. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Sometimes the back of your mind's like, oh, I should call that person. Mm. Or I should just message them. And how many times do we not do that? Oh, they're probably busy. Oh, I should do it at a better time. Because for me, like I'll think that at 1030. I'm like, wait, they're probably sleeping. Oh, you know, But just act on it, right? Act on it. And that's going to help you feel more confident and get that little compass toward clearer of what you want. So that's just a little tip <laughs> to help. Nice. When was the last time you, you did, so, can you give us an example, like something intuitive that you've done? Yeah. I mean, for me, most of the time it's reaching out to people, but there'll be sometimes where it's not like I'll be, because a lot of communication is email, but email is spiritual, right? You can feel like what's coming. So I'll like start typing something. There was recently one like question from some parents and then something just didn't feel right. And I was like, I can't explain it, but I just need to pause. And, and then they had to send me a reminder because I forgot and pause, but I told them like, I was like, yeah, something didn't feel right in what I was typing. And this is like what I would recommend. And it was a much better response in the end. And it was somehow it just needed a little bit of space to respond even by email and it's and I could share with them honestly too like I'm sorry (laughs) like I'm not the best responder but I also that one was a very intentional like I don't I don't even know why it doesn't feel right but I trusted that 
I need to stop and pause and and maybe there's something going on their end too. Like you never know, but that's why I really trust to me, that's the faith and trusting God um, in a lot of those ways. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of experiences of following my intuition, especially when it involves people. I find that it's very, very important to do it immediately. Like if you, sometimes I just wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I want to go camping with this person. And I've had that like a few times, just like, I should contact this person or I have a dream about someone. Uh, and this became really real for me because a few months ago, I had a dream about somebody that I haven't seen 20 years. And we've, you know, we've definitely fallen out and uh, fallen out of contact. And uh, Sam Honeycutt, actually, Sam Honeycutt. <clears throat> and a few months ago, I emailed him and I said, hey, I want to connect. You know, how are you? have you been? And then just two weeks ago, he passed away after I oh. sent him this email, right? And I was like, man, I, I learned like profoundly, like this is, it's really, really important that we follow our intuition because- at least for me, it was like a very personal experience where I was like, you never know what might happen. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it was good that we had that like point of contact. God works through intuition. And I, I think that that thing is to, we question ourselves so much. I think that's why it's hard to follow it. But if that was one of the best parenting advice I got from a mom in Norway, it's like, God works through your motherly intuition. It's like, oh, God's helping me out. You know what I mean? If you think rather than when you think like, why this is so random that I want to contact, I think that's our go-to is we doubt ourselves, we question. But if you think like, oh, this is God or spirit or someone helping me out, nudging me, you're much more receptive of it, I think, and to follow it. And and then the more you do that, the more kind of affirming feelings and experiences and confidence comes with that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, this, it all comes down to a lot of our relationship with ourselves, which I think is a lot of this conversation. And, you know, it comes up a lot, that question of feeling worthiness around the blessing, yeah. deserving the blessing or not. And, but yeah, like, what are the questions we should ask? And even for the, the fact that we go to the blessing for God, like, it, it's not just about us, but like, we're receiving it, it's receiving a lot of things on a foundation from, you know, true parents first for for VCs from their parents as well and I think taking a little bit yourself out of it also like and bigger purpose for God and trying to grow to be loving like God right it like gives a different perspective takes a little pressure off too yeah go ahead go to that that uh, <clears throat> no the question is how do I know that I'm ready for the matching? Am I right? No, that was a question, right? How do I know that I'm ready for the matching? So um, this, might, this might sound cliche, but I would say that you know that you're ready. One, one factor that can answer this question that you know that you're ready for the matching is, can you live for the sake of others? You know, because relationships, especially, uh, when it gets to the blessing realm, you know, marriage realm, that relationship is very sacrificial relationship. When you when you know that you're ready to sacrifice yourself for somebody else, when you start putting somebody else first, somebody else's needs first, then you can say, "I'm ready for the matching." But if you keep just thinking of, about yourself, putting yourself first, you know, then you, you can really, really, really say you're not ready for the matching because you're just going to hurt somebody and hurt yourself, you know? So 
to also use Jan as an analogy, if you can put God first, that means that you are no longer first. When you when you put God first, easily you can put somebody else first before you. Mm. You know, so um, when you can start living, for, when you start living for the sake of others, when you start thinking about others, mm. then that is a very big factor, to a big a big indicator to show you that you are ready for mm. uh, marching. Nice, yeah. kind of like a lit, litmus test for if you're ready for this stuff. Yeah, living for the sake of others. Nice. That's a good. That's good what I always say. <clears throat> My husband is like way, way up there compared to me because he's one of seven, smack middle, and with just doing that his whole life. <laughs> like anyway, I just feel that there's a lot of people that they might feel like, oh, I didn't do X, Y, and Z, right? Even in the living for the sake of others type, but like even just in their surroundings or the way that they grew up. They may be doing that and not even know it, but it's just part of their life. But um, yeah, it takes a lot of reflection to kind of see see even those qualities about yourself. But it's it's great. Like, can you put others like, mm -hmm. I can wait, you can eat first, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all those little things. Yeah, and I just want to underline that living for the sake of others does not mean uh, neglect yourself. It doesn't mean that. You cannot live for the sake of others if you neglect yourself. Yeah. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to be able to ground yourself, stand so that you can help somebody else. You know, so some people may have wrong understanding of this. I'm not saying just ignore yourself, focus on others. No, because you will be part of that equation. So you have to be... Uh, you have to bring something to the table, right? You know, like Jan was talking about level two content. Because you have to bring something to the table, it does not have to be just you, what you want to bring and how you want things to go. No, it's not just about you. Relationship takes two entities. You know, It's about the relationship. It's about the blessing. It's not about me. It's not about her. It's about the relationship. It's about the blessing, which is centering on God. It's about God. You know, so... When we think about the goal, when we, we think about the purpose, then I become a minority in that equation. I am part of the equation. I'm, I don't remove myself. That's living for the sake of others. You know. So I just want to clarify that. Living for the sake of others does not mean that I kill myself, I sacrifice myself, I don't eat, I don't do anything. I have money, I am hungry. I just give to the poor all the time. No, I got to eat so that I can be able to help the poor. You know? So yeah, I need to share. That's the thing. That's... Leave, that's what I'm talking about when I say leave for the sake of others. Okay. Yeah. I asked the same question to a guy that I, a close friend of mine and, you know, like about the matching and blessing and asked him about it. And he's like, where do I start? And I was like, well, watch, watch the match, match net podcast, especially the first episode about spirit world. And also the episode about the seven steps. Like there's a sequence of like that I explain, you know, God first. And if you understand God, then it's easier to understand the blessing. And then it's easier to do all the steps if you first have the foundation of God. Like you're, you guys are saying, like, if you don't have God first, then the blessing kind of doesn't make much sense because the blessing has spiritual elements to it. So I sent him that episode. And I'll, and then like a few months later, I was like, oh, so how was the episode? Like, have you been thinking about the matching? And he was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think I want to get blessed. I was like, oh, interesting. Why not? He's like, because I don't believe in God. And I was like, okay cool. And he was like, what do you think about that? You know, should I still get blessed? And I'm like, I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and I know that's a, I know that's a controversial 
statement to have in our movement. I know that. Okay. But for this guy, I was like, I think you would benefit tremendously if you took time to understand the blessing and develop your relationship with God. You have time, you know, he's, he's a young guy. You have time to figure this stuff out. And then on that foundation, you can receive a blessing. And subsequently you can teach your children about the blessing because you will want to, right? In reality, guys, like if people are receiving the blessing for any other reason than because they understand what it is and how important it is to God and to the world and to the future, then they will teach their kids about the blessing. Isn't that what is needed in order to- Yeah, yeah. God, and right? that's in the blessing vow. I always go back to it that. Is, right? Like you're vowing to, yeah. How raise your kids a certain way. Yes. So it's, and sexual purity and yeah. the blessing. So Christian, yeah. isn't it make sense that the ultimate goal, like I say this sometimes, I say that the, the goal of true parents is not to give the blessing because everyone says that. It's not. The goal of true parents is to give the blessing to people that will subsequently pass on the blessing. Mm-hmm. Because if people just receive the blessing and don't pass it on and don't understand its value, it's not worth much. Actually, Benji, I can second you on that. Okay. Uh, because that is to say that the blessing is not a goal. The blessing is just the means for us to reach the goal. Through the blessing, we can reach the goal. The blessing is not a goal. People think, oh, I received the blessing. Woohoo. Oh, my daughter <laughs> received the blessing. My job is done. Woo-hoo. My son received the blessing. My job is done. No, the blessing is not a goal. The mm. blessing is just a gate, a pathway that we lead to the goal so yeah 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 Ooh, i feel like we keep going but there's so many good points i just because i have baby reuben and then i have my older sons i've been thinking a lot about that like you know how much people love babies right like oh they're so mm. cute and and actually it helps me connect to god because like how god sees people too that you know we were all once babies which is fascinating but i think that um there's something about a lot of times with babies, even I feel it like they they grow so fast. You already miss like, whoa, when they were so small. But at the same time, like this whole conversation of growth, embracing like who they're becoming. And I've been watching this on Disney Channel, Becoming. It's a cute show about people's, <laughs> what they, people who became famous with their path and all this. And it starts from their childhood and their family. But I, I think that there's something to that of, you know, this, where we started from the beginning about even embracing our own growth. Um, And I'm very conscious of that as a parent, like I love, you know, my children, the cute baby phases too, but really loving all the things they are now and all the phases and just like, that we get to go through life together. And one day, they'll be parents. And like, the more that you embrace that, I think that helps to give the sense of the importance of growth and Yes, there's some really nice, cute things about this phase in life, right? But, you know, all of the phases are great and different ways that, you know, that's why you've got to talk about the four realms of heart, all of those things. I feel like that's really God's design. And that's that's what the experience of the blessing is about. Like, we think it's just the ceremony, but the blessing is a lifestyle. It's an experience. And it's like learning to love like God, right? connecting to God's lineage of love to help us learn to love like God so that we can go to spirit world where we breathe the air of true love. Like it all, yeah, you got to talk about it in that bigger reference because otherwise what's the point, you know, like mm-hmm. gotta, what, what is the point? And I know we've been saying that and you've been saying that question, you know, how, what's the most loving thing helps to gauge this bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good point. I just wish in the English language, we had a better word for than love because it's so watered down. Like it's incredibly like take Japanese and Korean, for example, and we'll end on this note. And Norwegian. They have Norwegian too. Different. If you say mm-hmm. like in Japanese, you don't say I love McDonald's. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only say I love you if you really, really mean it. But it's like, I love McDonald's. I love cheeseburgers. I love water. I love my pencil. It's like, it's so watered down. So when you hear love, the natural like kind of filter we have, the, the lexicon filter that we have is like, it's automatically watered down in the English language. But mm. like Korean is like, cham sarang. It's like, ooh, that's deep, you know? So anyways, let's end here and tell everybody what they should do next. What is their next step? People? I think refresh on level two. If this episode really got you resonated especially that first um what to bring to the table cool. if you don't have a matchnet account get one and then get in on level two yeah there. it's Good level course. two is all included in the matchnet program uh if you join that as well as there's level one level two level three and a ton of other v- different videos and processes there you can check that out at matchnet.us and please follow this podcast because we make this just for you guys and share it most importantly with your team with your loved ones and uh we will catch you in the next one all right christian Oh, yeah. All right.